Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire podcast. Bonus episode! Woohoo! Jeremy Moss here, hanging out with all you guys today. We're going to be start doing these interviews, chatting with uh, people who cover the NFL draft, uh, mostly Josh Allen. We'll mix in, mix in a few other prospects as well because he's not the only one. Most high profile, but not the only one. Check us out at our website, mwwire.com. Also, we're posting all these interviews, just that portion of the uh, interview we do with these evaluators over at our Patreon site. So patreon.com backslash mwcwire. I'll give us a buck. Cool. That'd be awesome. Help out the website, help us, um, like Matt says, guacamole money here and there to help us out a little bit. So if you want just those portions, like the one I'm recording right now, it's already up there. So this one might be a bit late to do that, but we're looking to get some big names. So if you only want their take and not really mine before and after, that's where you can pick those up out. Twitter, of course, MWC Wire. And we chatted with, yes, we already chatted with, I'm recording this after because it makes it easier on time constraints, but if you've seen us on Twitter or more specifically myself, I was retweeting, going back and forth a little bit on a particular thread from a fellow named Ryan McChrystal. Uh, Ryan underscore McChrystal covers a draft over at Bleacher Report. He did a huge thread on Josh Allen going over what he does well. Spoiler, it's usually what he not does well because I've seen Josh Allen play a lot. People know my opinion, knowing the hype seems a bit on the high end for me because there's a reason, like we discussed this in the podcast in the interview section coming up, but there's a reason Mel Kuyper put him number one. Not It may not necessarily be on his talent evaluation, but Kuyper's piped in. He knows people in the NFL. There's reporters he talks with. There's front office people he talks with. He wouldn't just put Allen number one just for the heck of it to the Cleveland Browns. So we discussed that as well. We go over all about Josh Allen's traits, how he became this big juggernaut in a short time, who he compares to the best. It's uh, names are okay, not the best. We talk about teams that could pick up Josh Allen, what he needs to do to succeed, and we'll talk about with uh, Ryan of why he where he puts um, Josh Allen in his own draft. If we were to do some mock drafts or where he'd project to do that at this time, I don't think he has a mock draft out yet. I could check and see, but he's over Bleach Report. But again, check him out at Ryan underscore McChrystal, and on to the interview. All right, folks, welcome back. We're chatting with uh, Ryan McChrystal to talk about all things Josh Allen. He'll be the first of many. We want to get all the sides on Josh Allen. People have heard me, myself, talk about him a ton, where I've seen him be good, not amazing. It's a mixed bag. But uh, Ryan's covered draft for a while over at Bleach Report right now, doing his thing. If you missed the thread, I put it on our, on our, on our Facebook or Facebook page and a website, mwwire.com. But give him a follow, Ryan underscore McChrystal. And, hey, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping on to chat about um, Josh Allen hate, maybe? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So I came across your Twitter feed really quick, but before we get to that, as I saw the huge thread we should find, let people know who you are because I go through Twitter, a ton of draft people I find, see who's good, who would have just as many opinions as possible because there are so many people doing it now. And I came across your feed looking through what you did with Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, everything else you've been going through, scouting, video stuff. So give a quick synopsis of who you are so people can give you a follow and say, hey, I want to follow this guy because he knows this stuff. 
Yeah, so I've been covering the draft in some form for a, very, a variety of different places since 2004. Um, I started actually when I was in college, just started my own website and was able to get some recognition for that and turn that into a job with ESPN once I graduated college. Um, I've since transitioned over to Bleacher Report, um, and you know most of the work I do with them has been NFL draft related, so that's kind of been my thing for the past, uh, I guess this would be draft number Fifteen for me now. Oh boy, that's pretty good. That's a long time. So you scouted a lot of good quarterbacks in any other position out there. So Definitely. let me let's start with this part here: the quarterback position. Everybody knows it's it's the most important position, at least the NFL. Because if you look at Cleveland, who has the number one pick, you see the jerseys with the tape down going back to what, Tim Couch or Ty Detmer, all those guys who played quarterback. Teams will overreach mm-hmm. for a quarterback, and so this position gets. It, you know, it's important, but there's other positions that come into play, but it's a glamour spot. And so there's a handful of guys. We're going to focus on Josh Allen. But let me ask you this. Like, when do you start looking over these guys, like when their college season's done? And how much did you look at? Let's just stick with Josh Allen, obviously, because I saw your thread the other day. It continues to grow, I believe. I don't know how many tweets are on there, but it's a lot. But yeah, when do, you start yeah. Look, when do you start looking at these guys? Like, okay, I'm going to evaluate Josh Allen because he's is because he officially declared – now, did you go back last year at all when there is rumblings where he might come out? When do you start looking at these guys in depth? I try to start the summer before. I usually come up with a list of about the 50 or so top players that I think are going to be the biggest names um, coming into that uh, following season. Um, so Josh Allen, because there was some hype last spring about him, I put him on that list. So I went through and I watched most of his games from 2016. Um, and I don't. when I do that, I don't really – come up with a grade or anything like that i'm more just kind of like you know decide whether or not they're worth continuing to follow closely during the season or whether i should start to push them back and you know go through their tape in the off season but my initial opinion of alan back in the spring was he's really flawed but i can see between the arm strength and the mobility i can see why he's being hyped up so i definitely sort of put him in a category of I wouldn't draft him in the first round right now, but I definitely want to pay close attention to him during the year because sometimes with college guys at a certain age, it sort of clicks. So he was definitely in that category of someone who could potentially put it all together in an offseason and become a superstar this year. So what changed from Because last year, his numbers from last year to this year, like completion percentage is a big deal. I think you want to complete passes. It's about the same. He missed a couple games due to injury. When he plays against good defenses, he typically struggles. So what did you see from, say, spring to this year? Because my thinking was, I put this way back, because I watched a lot of Josh Allen, a lot of Mountain West stuff, and seeing who he lost last year to this year. I, like, I'm like i saying he might, Nick Stevens could be a better quarterback, which he was at times, maybe Brett Rippon. That was a weird situation. Um, Ty Gangy looked really good part, once they figured it out. But he didn't seem to me get any better. I know talent was lesser than what he had last year, like Tanner Gentry's with the Bears. Brian Hill is with the draft of the Falcons now with the Bengals. They lost their starting center. So what did change? What changed you from like say spring until what you've been looking at this past week? Anything? Yeah, I would agree. I don't think anything changed, and that's why my view of him has changed a lot. Because in the spring when I was watching him and seeing the potential, and I was thinking of him as maybe a first round pick, that was in the context of well, he's got a whole off season of work that I'm not seeing, and then a whole season ahead where we're going to see what that work turned into. Um, and now that we've seen it, it didn't turn into anything. Um, and the supporting cast thing gets brought up a lot, but, um, you know, the completion percentage stat, I would never judge a quarterback based on completion percentage, but it is something to look at. And it's an important thing to know going in when you're going to watch a player, 
Because when I see that a guy has a low completion percentage, that's something that I want to pay attention to. And I want to answer the question of why while I'm watching his game. So when I'm going through and watching these Josh Allen games, and a lot of, that's informing a lot of stuff that I'm putting in this thread that you mentioned, is I'm looking at why is his completion percentage so low? Is it because his wide receivers are dropping more passes? Is it because the offense requires him to throw downfield at a much higher rate, which inherently would lead to a slightly lower completion percentage? Or is it because he's just not throwing accurate passes? And basically that's the conclusion that I've come to, that the supporting cast is doing just fine. There's open receivers. He's just not finding them, or if he is finding them, he's not getting it to them. That's what I thought as well, because people are like, because I mentioned, because actually his percentage was a tick higher this year than last year. Because it's part of the puzzle. It's not the only thing you look at. You want to look at... Is he in the pocket all the time? He likes to roll out because Craig Bullman, he's like a Brett Favre player. It's, at first, like, well, it's mm-hmm. kind of funny, but you know, it kind of really is when he rolls to the side and wants to rocket it 30 yards down the field, cross his body on a laser. It's like, come on, that's never going to happen for one out of 100 times, those type of passes. So I can see it, the style of play, but like my thinking was if he's losing these guys, from you would think last year would have been way better than this year from who he had on the team. I know there's a a couple injuries, and there were there were some drop passes. Well, I mean, fans bring up to me, it's like, oh, you're missing passes through the hands. I'm like, yeah, there's always going to be drop passes. There were a good amount, but I remember watching one game. It was like Utah State, like the first drive. They're kind of deep in their own territory. He rolls out. Should be a simple, okay, guy's not really open. He's, he sees the guy downfield, but he has to get rid of the ball. So instead of throwing it clearly out of bounds, he throws it down the sideline, and I don't remember what Utah State got, guy got it, but it was a, a, basically a pick on the sideline. Like, you can't throw a pass away, but go right to a defender if you're going to throw it away that far. So I see passes, like your throw, passes at his feet. Passes that are guys open where the throw, the ball bounces on the ground. Or it's like it's a spot where the receiver should, you think, should be able to get it because they did their job. And so looking at who he had last year or this year, maybe, am I, is that a think, proper thinking that last year would have been better from who he had compared to this year? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, there's no denying that the talent was better last year. There's not a lot of NFL guys on the roster this year that he was surrounded by. Um, and, you know, in some ways it may have affected him, but def- the offensive line definitely got beat up in certain games. So, like, especially the Boise State game was the worst. That's a hard game to evaluate him in because, you know, when the offensive line is letting him down, it's, you know, it's obviously going to make it more difficult. Um but in those types of games, when you know when you do notice that the supporting cast is letting him down, what I try to look at is, you know, w- what is he doing to counter that? Is he letting it affect him, or is he taking advantages of the plays where he does get an opportunity? And so, like in those plays, like the Boise State game, where the offensive line was the area that was really letting him down, um, I saw him getting worse because of the offensive line. When he did have time, he wasn't taking time because he was panicked, thinking that he was about to get hit. And that's the type of stuff that you can't have happen. Um, you know, and Josh Rosen, he went through a lot of similar things. That, that's the other thing about the supporting cast that I don't really listen to with the argument for Josh Allen is that, yeah, his supporting cast isn't good. If you were just to compare the rosters of like UCLA and Wyoming, mm-hmm. there's no question UCLA would roll over Wyoming. Um, but the level of competition on the other side of the ball is very different too. So Josh Allen's offensive line is getting beat up in Mountain West games, but that's a much different than, you know, some of the defensive lines that Josh Allen was facing. So like in the Texas A&M game, for example, yeah, UCLA's line was better than Wyoming's line, but Wyoming's line also didn't have to go up against a team like Texas A&M yeah. where Josh Allen just got beat to a bloody pulp in that game. And yet as the game went on, Josh Allen started to realize how he had to play was getting rid of the ball quicker 
taking more chances because they were falling behind and making those passes by throwing pinpoint passes down the field and played one of the best second halves of any quarterback all season. So, you know, just to compare those two quarterbacks where the, um, where the supporting cast is letting them down on one hand, Josh Allen gets worse. He lets it get into his head. His footwork becomes worse. He starts taking bad risks and throwing inaccurate passes. Whereas Josh Allen makes all, or uh, Josh Rosen makes all of the necessary adjustments to lift up the guys around him and lead them to an epic comeback in that game. That's a good point, because I pointed out last year with Allen, like, he tries to do too much at times. Like, we know his record versus Iowa, versus Nebraska, those type of games aren't very good. Oregon, like, I remember specifically watching the Nebraska game. Yeah, they got blown up 52-17. to He did throw five picks, I think, had a fumble in there, too. But, like, if I recall, going to the fourth quarter, it was, like, a not even a two-score game, like, 10-14 to 14 point. Like, it was not that Wyoming is going to win. But it was within reach where, hey, this is going to be a closer game. Nebraska had to play tough in that fourth quarter. He tries to run too much. Or I'm watching like the San Diego State, one of the games last year, he tries to go for a first down, running, fumbles the ball. He tries to go for the big win versus BYU in the bowl game when he has a tight end down the sideline wide open with still enough time to get a couple more plays in. He seems to do too much. And and that's where all the a lot of the stuff happens where he chucks it downfield, he fumbles, he tries to run. He's a decent runner. I think he moves the pocket okay, but I think he tries too much. And is it as simple as him, like we have the senior bowl coming up, because a lot of people say, oh, it's potential, which there's potential for everybody, essentially. But is it simple enough for Allen to say, I don't think it's that simple, but hey, if he gets NFL talent around him at the senior bowl with whoever drafts him next year, he'll be threefold better just because he actually has good talent? I, I know some people are expecting that. I'm not. Um, because for me, the one thing that I think really holds him back and limits what he can become at the NFL is his accuracy. And that's a hard thing to teach. You can tweak a guy's mechanics and his footwork to make him more consistent in his accuracy. But when I watch Josh Allen, I see there's times where he does have good mechanics and he takes his time to make a throw and he still misses by five, 10 yards sometimes. And I don't think that's something that anyone's going to be able to fix. And they're certainly not going to be able to fix it quickly, just working with an NFL coaching staff at the senior bowl for a week. So I wouldn't be surprised if he looks pretty bad at the senior bowl, especially compared to the other quarterbacks that are going to be there throwing more accurate passes. Even if they lack the physical tools that Allen has, I think Allen's going to give us a couple highlight big throws down the field. And then he's also going to have some really ugly throws that are going to stand out when all eyes are on him. So is that what people are looking at? Because I've seen him make some amazing throws. Are people just focusing on the few plays that are great and sort of discarding to say, well, that's an exception because of whether it may, whatever it may be talent with around or are they looking at the pluses more highly than the negatives? Some people who are evaluating him as a top five pick. Yeah, I think so. I think there's sort of two, answers to that question depending on who we're talking about i think some people especially some of the fans that are getting really excited about him are probably you know maybe they've watched a couple of highlight clips on youtube or even a couple of full games and when you watch in a small sample size and you see him make some bad throws it's really easy to write it off if you're only looking at a small sample size because every quarterback makes a bad throw you could pick out two or three random games of tom brady and you're going to see him miss some wide receivers and even throw some really bad throws but we're you know we're just kind of conditioned to expect that, and so we write it off. It's really when you look at the full body of work of Josh Allen where you think, man, this is happening every single game. It's two, three, four throws that are nowhere close. And then you fact when you try to imagine that in the NFL where there's more where the defense is more prepared for you, more of those are probably going to get picked off, and 
you know, or at least knocked down and whatnot. And so it's really hard to imagine that working. Um, but then if we're also talking about the way the NFL looks at it, and there certainly are scouts in the NFL that like him, and there's a good chance he does go in the first round. I think what those people are looking at is they're coming out from the perspective of we're, we're going to be the ones to fix it. He's got all of this talent, and we're going to fix him. And there's a really stubborn mentality, especially with quarterbacks, because, it, as you mentioned, it's so important that teams will make the same mistake over and over and over again because they always think that they're the ones that are going to be able to fix this and coach it out of them. And it almost never happens, but they're convinced that they're going to be the ones that do it. Yeah, I'll be the guy that does this. I'll be the hero who does this. Who brings, yep. Like the Tim Tebow thing. I can get team Tim Tebow to be a good quarterback. Or, and there's guys like what Mel Kuyper's like, oh, I like guys who win. He's a winner. I'm like, I look at him I'm like, is he really? Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's not obviously he's done well. Mountain West Championship game last year. He was a what? Air Force game. I don't count the because He left with an injury. So 15 wins as, as a starter and nine losses. That's okay, right? That's not great. Yep. And so it's like, if you're yeah, if I you're don't... a winner, going to be a number one overall quarterback or pick. I want you to be 20 and two. I want you to be something amazing. And people are like, well, that could convert to 10 wins in the NFL. I saw one tweet. I'm like, how do you figure that out? That's seven and a half wins in two years in, 20, what, 25 games or something, whatever it was, 24 games he's played in, started in. It's like, that's good. That's fine. But if you're a guy, especially at quarterbacks, you could be a number one pick on a crappy team if you're an offensive lineman or a D-end or something. You can. It doesn't matter how good your team really is for the most part. They'll find you. But a quarterback, if you're a winner – I don't want a 68 winning percentage, wherever 15 and comes out to be. I want 85 or above, like what Baker Mayfield did in Oklahoma. But then again, do you want, like, look at Kellamore, Boise State, most wins ever in NCAA, hung around the Cowboys for a couple of years, now the QB coach. It's like, I know there's a balance in between, but you can't call a guy a winner and say that when he's obviously just a above average winning percentage guy, even though it's out of tough school like Wyoming, who has had, what, a couple of years every decade where they're pretty good or above average. Yeah. I think sometimes we look at wins and losses and judge whether you're a winner based on that. And I don't know that that's always a fair way to look at it because there's bad quarterbacks that win a lot of games. You know, look at all the guys mm-hmm. that Alabama has turned out that look like winners if you're judging by wins and losses. But when you watch Alabama, at no point do you think, oh, well, this quarterback is the reason they're winning. So, I mean, I would call someone like Josh Rosen more of a winner than Josh Allen, even though Josh Rosen doesn't have a very good win-loss record. There's games like that Texas A&M game yeah. that I mentioned where he was the sole reason they won. And to me, that makes you more of a winner as a quarterback than just being the guy out there helping one of the guys helping your team win. I don't think that necessarily – you. Don't, I don't think you earn the winner title based on that. Yeah, and I think some people try to apply that too much. Yeah, like what Greg Malcoroy, all those guys in Alabama who were just handing the yep. ball off to – who else? Whoever running back they had in the NFL at the moment. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I can do that job too. Come on, it could be a chance. Yep. And so, like, like exactly. when he plays against better competition, like, versus not even just the P5 teams, but like San Diego State, Boise State, he's just okay. And I don't, it's just to me, I don't, I don't want to bash, like, have this be a bashing thing because people know how I feel. Like, I think he's pretty good. But where do you mention, like, a day three guy? Where do you, like, in your opinion, not what team need or anything, where do you think he should be taken in a couple months? Well, I think the debate, if we were just having a really fair debate, not getting so caught up in the hype, I think a good debate to have is whether or not he is worth the risk at the end of day two. So like late, mid to late third round, or would you rather wait until day three? I think that's a very reasonable debate to have about this guy because his ceiling, 
even though I have a lot of questions about him, there's no denying that he, his physical tools are really special. His arm is enormous and he's a really good athlete. And sometimes it does all come together and he makes some incredible throws. So he has that in him, but there's just so much wrong with his game right now. that I don't think it's that he's a player that you can expect to fix quickly. So, you know, I think a lot of teams would, I think most teams would probably take him in the third round. Some teams would probably, though, even say, you know what, there's in the third round, we're still looking for guys that are going to come in and contribute right away in some way. And Allen isn't that. So I think that third, fourth round is probably the reasonable debate we should be having. But because quarterbacks get elevated so much more, we're probably going to see him in the first round. Is it realistic to say some like Demarcus Russell type to a huge arm, big guy, and just kind of flames out? Is that fair to say, perhaps? Not that he will, but just because like his tools were pretty extraordinary from LSU. Yeah, that was actually the first name that come to, came to mind. And then when I thought about it more, uh, J.P. Lossman came to mind also. Okay. Um, and he was, he was also uh, kind of a good comparison because he played college at Tulane, and then the Bills took him in the first round in 2004. Um, and a lot like Allen, he was a really good athlete, huge arm. A lot of people compared him to like a raw version of John Elway when he was coming out of the draft. <laughs> oh um, and so the Bills gambled on him in the first round, and you know, two or three years later, he fizzled out and was out of the league. Um, but yeah, the Jamarcus Russell works too. A guy with you know, there's no denying that Russell could make every single throw on the field, uh, but he was just so raw in his decision making and his accuracy was shaky that. It never worked out. All right, let's uh, finish up a couple more things real quick. How would you – there's been, I guess, four kind of five QBs of Mayfield. Where would you put your top five quarterbacks? For me, it's Rosen at a very elite grade at the top. Um, Mayfield right behind him. I think he's exceptionally accurate, uh, really good athlete, I, clearly worthy of a top ten pick also. I think ja, or, uh, Sam Darnold – is number three for me. Um, I have more questions about him, about his decision-making and about his mechanics, but I think you could justify a first-round pick on him. I wouldn't take him number one overall, but the team taking him in the first round, I wouldn't criticize him for that. And those are the only three that I would put in the first round. Um, the next two, I think I'd say both Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are kind of in the same boat as being really good athletes, huge ceiling, but I'm really not sure how likely they are to reach that. So I'd put them as, you know, in that third, fourth round range where I would be comfortable taking them, but understanding if you actually wanted to draft them, you'd have to spend a higher pick on them. All right. Let me go to what the teams are thinking, perhaps. Where do you, I know there's a lot more evaluation stuff, but where do you think Josh Allen like would go? Because there's about a dozen teams that really, well, everybody needs a quarterback, like everybody in the top five, essentially and beyond. Where do you like think he might go based on what we know at this time in early January? I think despite the fact that he's getting hyped up as a top 10 pick right now, I still think that's unrealistic just because those teams, if you look at the roster you have as a top 10 pick and you think, are you really going to put a guy who's this raw out on the field? I don't know if you can sell that. So I think if he goes in the first round, it's probably to either a better team looking for a quarterback, like maybe the Buffalo Bills. They've got a little bit more support around him mm -hmm. or potentially a team that's, going to draft him with the intention of using him two or three years down the road. Maybe a team like the Steelers or Patriots way at the end of the first round gamble on him and just say, we're going to bring him in and we're going to stash him for a couple of years. Um, obviously 
they'd rather use a draft pick that helps them right away. But if they think that that's their guy two or three years from now, I could maybe see that happening also. I'm not going to miss the fact you glossed over that the Bills don't like Nate Perlman anymore. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? Nate Perlman? You're going to gloss over that? Are you give up on Nate Perlman, the Bills? <laughs> Him and his five pick first yeah, half, I whatever so. it was. <laughs> yep. I, I, remember, I remember that move. I'm yeah. like, wait, during the playoff race, what are you doing? I'm like, whatever. Um, what it, I think for me, the best spot would be like, you're right. If you're gonna play right away, it's tough to say. Like, I can see maybe the Giants, but that's number two overall because Eli Manning, I assume, will be there maybe another year or two. Um, I think a place like you said, like, give me a couple years to go. But through the Jets, if you're the Broncos, if you're somebody like. Not the Bears. I'm um, looking through the top picks here. Not the Niners anymore. The Raiders, Dolphins, maybe. But like, if he's going to play right away, I think you're right. Like, I think Giants could be okay, but that'd be a second round pick for me because why would you take him number two unless they really like him? Yep. I see a couple mocks here. I'm going through like Josh Allen to Buffalo, like you mentioned. But I know there's not many teams. Like if you're going to play him right away, that's I think the risk is too much, man. Your team, like especially the Browns, who they got Deshaun Kaiser last year. Who knows what he'll stick around and play? But if they're going to take another quarterback. Man, it's and then the funniest thing I saw, I like uh, Josh Allen to Cleveland because he's playing the cold weather in Laramie. <laughs> <laughs> those are uh, those are the craziest things. Uh, I had one more thing here I was going to yep. ask before we wrap it up here because we're going a bit long, and hopefully people enjoy it here. Um, actually, no, I th- oh one last thing real quick, yeah, the Senior Bowl stuff because that's coming next week. I wanted to chat with you before. Is it like have you have you been down the Senior Bowl at all those those All Star practices? First of all, have you kind of seen what goes on down there? If you had that chance. I haven't. No, I've never been there. Okay, just curious because that's usually a pretty big deal. What do you think after that? Like, um, would change if he plant that talent? Do you think would your opinion change all that much if he does well from reports and practices? Not obviously not the game really, but working with the Broncos staff down there. I don't think there's anything he could really do to change my mind because I've seen what he does on the field in games, even if he looks a little bit more accurate in practice. That's not going to change anything for me. Um, it would be different if I saw um, like very obvious mechanical flaws that he had, and I saw him change his mechanics and become more accurate. But that's not a huge issue for him. It's the fact that he's inaccurate even when his mechanics are good. Um, so even if he's a little bit more accurate, uh, clean practice field, that doesn't mean a lot to me because I've seen him in plenty of games now where he's not accurate, and I feel like you know, I'm, I'm going to trust that much more than I would in a practice. Okay. I found my last question. I was thinking of, I'm like, I know I'd want a missing. Is this hype based off of like just big group think for him being a top five pick or first round pick? Cause we know it started last year with uh Matt Miller there at Bleach Report as well. I was like, I got Josh Allen number one quarterback in 2017. Is it because one guy started that and people cling on to it? And it's like, I could see why he's number one or the top of whatever, number one first, excuse me, first round. Like how does a guy go from, literally nowhere like i knew he was pretty good small bus to being in one week in january last year to being the top guy and everybody starts looking at him you see all these features from si people hanging out with him pre or post draft and just doing their thing just kind of getting features hanging out with him chatting with him interviewing him these two ten thousand word pieces is it because of that one of miller the one guy who started it is that why people kind of are they forcing themselves to see why he's that good it's possible that that's a factor. That definitely does happen. Um, I think at this point there's some legitimate interest from the NFL. Um, I know Kuiper just had him number one in his mock draft, and I have some criticism of Kuiper as an evaluator of players, but 
the one thing I really respect Hyper for is he's got a lot of good sources in the NFL and he uses that to inform his mock drafts. Mm-hmm. And if Kuiper is hearing from all the people that he talks to in the NFL that Josh Allen's a consensus third round pick, Kuiper's not going to override them and put him number one in his mock draft. So he's clearly hearing from decision makers that Josh Allen is being taken very seriously. Um, so and maybe that, maybe one guy talking about it kind of started the ball rolling for us in general, but it seems like even if it started that way, the NFL is taking him seriously. Cause they'll find you anyways. Like there's guys who go to the Ivy league who get found who are drafted reasonably high. They go to small schools or there's yep. guys from, didn't the Vikings take a guy from Germany who never played in America, American football is on the yep. roster or something. So they'll find you. Yep. So it's just, I guess the, like you said, the ball got rolling with him. It's just, uh, We'll see. I, I've seen a few mocks dropping him down a little bit, like not the first round or late first round, but it'll be definitely interesting to see. But Ryan, thank you for joining. We're going to chat with a ton of other people as well to get all different opinions. I'm, I'm assuming you and I are probably, not that we're low, but I, I don't think we're above the hype. Everybody else I'm trying to chat with probably will say he's a top five pick, which is fine. If that's what they got with sources and their evaluation, that's good. But I want to start off with somebody like you. I was like, yeah, we're even though it's similar thinking, but I want other people to hear, like, it's not just me, some random guy who talks about the Mountain West. <laughs> you actually do the NFL draft stuff. I look at your stuff and everybody's stuff to see, okay, where does this, it kind of fits where I'm staying a little bit because I probably watch them sooner than other people usually who are getting in yep. the game. Like, you obviously got a million guys to watch, but I'm watching these games every week. You watch later in the year. So I'm like, okay, maybe I am right, but I want somebody who's been there, done, done it for a long time. And so thanks for hopping on, and we'll um, see where Josh Allen gets drafted, man. It'll be crazy. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's fun. Thank you so much once again. That was Ryan McChrystal over at BleacherReport.com. Ryan underscore McChrystal. Give him a follow on Twitter for draft stuff. He'll be uh, updating his um, threads he's been doing online and other stuff. He's always talking about Baker Mayfield, other quarterbacks. Got his top five out there for QBs. And if you notice, you heard Josh Allen not in the top three. Doesn't think he's a first-round pick. It's sort of based like I made made sure to ask two questions. Where do you think he should go? And what do you think evaluators would put him at or NFL teams? Because – Quarterback position is high profile. There's a reason people trade up to get quarterbacks. Teams make big deals like last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they had Alex Smith. They made a trade to move up to get Patrick Mahomes. Look what the Houston Texans do. That's a team I root for and cheer for. They've, it took them about a dozen steps to get Deshaun Watson. Going from Brock, oh, geez, what's his name? Brock Osweiler, getting him in from a big contract, trading him to dump a salary to Cleveland, trading another first-round pick to Cleveland to move up to get that pick. So teams will do a lot to get a great quarterback. And so sometimes they overreach and make moves. Like, look at the Bears. They moved up one spot to get Mitch Trubisky. So there's a few things that happen with the quarterback position that may not happen if you're going to want or need, say, a defensive tackle or a guard or a running back. Those trades to move up, unless you're like once-in-a-generation talent or once-in-a-decade talent, you're not going to give up a million draft picks unless you're, I guess, Mike Ditka trying to get Ricky Williams back in the day or when the Cowboys got Herschel Walker with all those draft picks and trades they made that helped them get rid of Walker but bring in Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, basically the dynasty they had in the 90s. So there's exceptions to every rule. But it's good stuff, so I'm glad. I wanted to get him on because, yes, Pete, that's sort of in my opinion, so that's sort of the reason I brought him on, brought him on first. But um, also I wanted to uh, just make sure people get the opinion. We're working on a lot of other people that are extremely pro Josh Allen and we'll get the opinion from everybody. I didn't pick him just because, Oh, he fits my narrative, but I saw the thread and all the work you put into it. So if you're going to go on Twitter and be open about it and put out what 20, 30 tweets of images and videos and comments about each of those stories, what he does well and not well, 
he's done his homework, and so that's why I brought Brian on. So check all these out. Again, um, if you want just the interview portion of this going forward, those are over on at patreon.com backslash mwcwire. These will all obviously all be on our website, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker. We're everywhere online. That's the complete show you're hearing now. And there are a couple ads we drop in these full shows here, but if you're on Patreon, you get just the bulk, just the interview portion, because I'm no dummy. That's what you guys want to hear. You don't want to hear me, my same opinion over and over and surprised about Josh Allen being so high or showing how, telling how he makes bad throws versus Nebraska or BYU or good teams. But that's why we bring on Ryan on, and we're working on a lot of big names. If you have any names you want me to bring on, shoot them our way. Um, just hit me on Twitter, MWC Wire. Message us on the Facebook page, Mountain of Fire. But thanks for hopping on. And we'll be doing these. These are not taking place of our weekly show that me and Matt Kennelly are doing typically on Fridays. That'll be out maybe Thursday night if you're lucky. But um, these will just be bonus shows dropped in throughout the week up until the draft. And thanks for listening. And check us out as always at MWWire.com.